Hey, I'm Krista. And I'm Justin. And we're here to give you the confidence and money tactics you need to live life on your own terms. Hey, Justin, what's going on? Not too much. Excited. Finally getting to one of my, what I think is going to be my favorite episode of this whole tour. Um, So really excited to jump into things. How about you? Yes, I am super stoked. I feel like we're really going to get into some tactical stuff here, uh, talking about how banks make money and how to avoid fees. Yes. So I don't know about you, but yeah, (laughs) let's figure out how to save some money on fees. Yeah. First things first, you pay a lot of banking fees. So actually, not until recently, but I do pay banking fees now. I think I was telling, telling you um, a couple of weeks ago, my PNC account, I never knew it before because I was using it as my main checking account. But if I have less than $500 a month in the checking account, they charge me, I think it's a 5 or $6 fee, monthly fee. Uh, uh, so, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so did you actually, go, in, go ahead and... and- make sure you had five or 600 bucks in the account. I'm at like 501 right now, just to make <laughs> sure they don't hit me with that fee. I was so bummed. I started like doing all this research, switching up accounts. I wanted to keep that local bank. Well, not local bank, but you know, local branch offices just to have somewhere like that. And then they hit me with that fee. So Did I you pay the fee? with them. I had to pay it. Yeah. What dude, I think someone's got to share some really good advice in this episode on how to negotiate fees. Might be worth taking that script there and, and seeing if you could get that waived. And do you think I could get it backdated? I think so. Was it Negotiate last month? Negotiate a fee? Yeah. Oh, no. It was It was a couple months ago. Oh, no. <laughs> I needed this okay. episode like three months ago. <laughs> fair, fair. Well, let's what get into you? things before we... I don't think I really paid a whole lot of fees. One time I paid an overdraft fee, but negotiated that back, um, which was okay. great. And then that's when I learned about overdraft protection and some of the... I hadn't put in place. So I didn't get hit with that again. Um, monthly, monthly maintenance fee, it comes out and then goes back into my account every single month. They just, they waive it since I hit the minimum threshold, but outside of that, okay, definitely some ATM fees and some foreign transaction fees in there on occasion. Um, but I try to avoid them the most I can. I hate paying for things. I hate paying for things regardless, but paying for things that I really don't want is a no go for me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's huge. Cause like at the end of the day, should someone really be charging us to hold our money in their accounts? Yeah. I think we're going to get into that. Before we get into banking fees though, let's talk about another kind of fee, ticket fees. Like, oh my gosh, do you ever get surprised by, oh, it's only like 30 bucks to go to the show. And then by the time you oh, get to yeah. check out, you're like, oh, it's $48 after I paid like three different fees. <laughs> what is it? Is it my favorite is like the online ticket administrator fee yep. or whatever that line item is they hit you with. It's like- at least 20 bucks in my yeah. experience. Sometimes I think, yeah, you make a good point. Like those $30 shows, it's doubled by the time you pay the fees. I know. I always just, you know, take 10 or 20% added on. Just assume that if it says 30, Smart. it's probably got to be 40. If it says 40, it's probably 55. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I hardly, I, I almost always pull the trigger on it because it's like you get through, you're all excited. Like you already decided you're going to the show. You saw the the sticker price for the show and you're like, ah, well, that's how they get you right? more bucks. <laughs> and I think, you know, you, you made a good point before, like, this is actually something that you're excited about. So yeah, 
at the end of the day, that's when you're happy to pay fees, right? Yeah. Every once in a while though, I'm like, you know what? That was kind of my, my top that I was going to pay. I I'm not throwing another like 25, 30 bucks on for fees. Like, sorry, it, it's a no go. <laughs> that's, that's really smart. Actually just, um, I was telling you about that Casey Musgraves concert. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I paid a ridiculous fee for that. It was way too much, but I was like, you know what? It's, you know, it's a Christmas gift, et cetera, et cetera. And of course I'm really excited about it, but that one surprised me. It's like a big ven- venue, um, you know, like hockey stadium type venue. Of course they're going to yeah. have a huge fee. I sure. should have expected it, but here we are. <sighs> so I'm glad we both agree that, that we hate fees. I think a lot of people <laughs> yeah. don't even realize that they're getting cha- charged banking fees more times than not. This is kind of that hidden line item for so many banks, but what we found through our research is that it can be a significant line item in terms of income for banks. Huge. Clearly, I mean, banks make money by lending out money and then charging an interest for the money that you're borrowed. But I I don't know, do you have any stats on hand on like what the, um, I know we have a few for some of these fees, what the total fees are. Overdraft in general here, we'll we'll spoil alert. Um, I have 11.7. I think we also saw 15.5 billion in um, another article that we read. So what I got from that is it's, they make a lot of money on, on yeah. just one line item of, of fees, um, let alone all the other fees that are out there. Cause there's, I mean, we got like a dozen fees to talk about today and it's yeah. ridiculous. And I, I think lots of banks make money in, I think kind of shady ways sometimes. I agree. I think one thing that's important for folks to remember is at the end of the day, a bank is a for-profit institution. Yeah. Um, and of course, that means that every year they want to make more money than they did the previous year. And they're going to try to find creative ways to do that. Um, I think that people don't always realize that in the back of their mind that, oh, you know, this bank is going to charge me for things whenever they can, right? Because I'm a customer and they need to make money from me. So when it comes to banks in particular, these fees that we're talking about here, you really need to watch out for. I think one caveat to that is while we've talked about credit unions, and how they're they're a not-for-profit type institution member owned. We actually learned through our research, you know, some of these fees still apply at credit unions. So yep. of course they've got administrative costs to pay as well. Um, the difference is that you you'll typically see the fee structured scaled down or waived more consistently mm-hmm. than in your standard yeah. bank. So that's important too, I think, to point out as we dive into this. Really the same terms apply, regardless of what type of institution you're you're putting your money with. Yeah. The good news is that most of these fees are avoidable though. So if you are a good banking consumer, I think you can go a lifetime with nominal fees um, associated to, to your banking experience. As we were both mentioning at the top, we don't pay a whole lot in fees. Um, so I, I'm really excited to jump into some of these things. Let's start off with one of the biggest that are out there, overdraft fees. And as I mentioned, it's somewhere between these couple articles that we read, 11.7 billion and 15.5 billion as of 2019. Um, once again, massive number out there. The average overdraft fee, 33.47, um, so $33.47. Let's talk about what an overdraft is. You want me to take that, or do you want to? You want to try? I know we were doing kind of a little lesson before this. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know, what? you you had to school me before this, so. <laughs> I think I would like you to teach me a little more about overdraft fees because this is one I I have been fortunate enough to not experience. So of course, I've kind of just ignored it because of that. But 
I need you to really break it down for me. Like what even is an overdraft? Yep. So an overdraft at its simplest form is taking out more money in your account than you have in it. So if you had $50 left and you went out and bought some new AirPods because your right AirPod died, (laughs) not speaking on experience or something, and that (laughs) that, that was $200, you would, what, what did I say? My initial balance was $75. <laughs> I think 50. you're at 50. <laughs> oh, geez. Let's call it. We had 50 bucks. Cost me $200. I'm $150 negative now. Um, okay. So I overdrafted on my account. Many times, if you don't okay. have what's called overdraft coverage put in place, whenever you swipe your credit card or, or, or when you swipe your debit card there, when you're trying to purchase those AirPods, the transaction will get canceled. I've had that one okay. time when I've been out um, to eat as well, <laughs> and and I didn't realize it's just like I had denied. Little in my yep, and denied. And there's nothing worse than that than like uh, you're like, hey, I got the bill, and then like the waiter <laughs> comes back and like whispers in your ear because he's not trying to make you feel bad, but you yeah, just realize you weren't paying attention to your balance. <laughs> oh man, well so. I know we have some tips for that too, but yep, I definitely so okay, I understand the process of overdrafting. You spend more than you actually have in your account, right? Yep. So it sounds like there's been an entire industry really built off of charging people when that happens. So the overdraft charge itself, that's not the same as overdraft protection, right? Or is that, am I confusing the concepts? Good question. So overdraft coverage would be when the bank decide when the, I I don't know if it's an opt-in or not. um, Cause I know, I don't, I don't remember ever opting into overdraft coverage, but the bank now covers the spread. So you're down $150. Um, or you were out $150 there, the bank picked up that $150 and charged you a fee since you overdrafted on your account versus that transaction just being denied in general. Um, So they charge you a fee for covering the overage. Does that make sense? Did I explain that okay? I think it does, yeah. So I physically, I go, I swipe the card. I don't have enough money, but the bank's like, I got you. I can buy the AirPods AirPods now. So that's the coverage, right? Correct. And then the fee, they're like, oh, but wait, we got but... you your AirPods, <laughs> AirPods, but I'm yes. going to charge you for it. Okay. Yeah. So even worse than credit cards, they they charge you this like absorbent fee. And um, as I mentioned, the average $33.47 per, per transaction. A lot of people forget that. It's not just you overdrafted and you're in overdraft right now. So you have a negative balance in your account. They'll charge you an overdraft fee for each one of those transactions oh you gosh. make afterwards. So as you can see, I mean, if you went out to the grocery store and then had to stop to get um, gas on the way home, and then the kids were yelling for ice cream and, and you made a stop at the local ice cream shop, all of a sudden you racked up three different fees without even realizing that you're overdrafting and you're out a hundred bucks on average and an and overdraft fee. And I think your comment there about not even realizing it, that's where Maybe some of the shadiness, you know, I'm, I'm not going to point fingers, but if you don't have, if you haven't physically set up like alerts or anything, right. That like that, the bank's not necessarily calling you up and telling you that you're overdrafting, right. Depending Correct. on your institution. So yeah. they're going to let you rack up what about a hundred dollars in fees mm-hmm. just for a normal day out on an errands. Yeah. Luckily um, I was reading a lot of banks cap their fees, but the cap was like on average 150 to $200. So you could rack up like five or six of these before you realize it. Jeez. And then your card will get declined at some point in time um, because you've overdrafted too much. And then that's when you find out, oh, I have a negative balance right now. And I have these five or six overdraft fees that are tied to it now as well. 
that's just like, I, I, I can't imagine logging into my account, seeing a negative number and then seeing that tacked on top of it. Like, yeah, I know we were reading a little bit before, so I'm glad you walked me through exactly what overdraft is and protection and all of that. But we were reading in that same article about the number of fees that it sounds like some banks are starting to come around um, and really waive the fee for this entire process, right? What are mm-hmm. what are some of the names that we we read that are actually trying to do this? Yep. So um, actually, pretty recently here in the news, this is December first, twenty twenty one, and it is December six right now. Um, we're reading this, and Capital One just dropped all overdraft fees. So they're one of the latest banks to do it. And this article offering off also referenced Ally Bank and PNC as other examples that ended overdraft fees um, or programs that, um, you know, are there to support overdraft fees as well. And you mentioned one of them, which is overdraft protection. Do you feel like I need to go into overdraft protection and what that is? I think you do. I'm (laughs) I'm still like, I'm getting it, but it doesn't hurt. So we we got an overdraft. Then we have overdraft coverage, which is your bank covering you um, for your overdraft. And they charge you that $34 fee that's associated with that. But Many banks offer also offer what's called overdraft protection. So this is something I think everybody, if you haven't already, you should go opt in to overdraft protection. And if you have another account associated with inside of that bank, you can link the two so that if okay. you do overdraft in one certain account, then the bank will automatically pull funds from your other account. So um, the traditional setup, probably a checking a savings, you overdraft on your checking account the bank will grab $300 from your savings account, bring it over to your checking account for you automatically. That's what overdraft protection is. And that essentially, the way I'm interpreting this, that saves you from the fee, right? Yes. Because they can just not steal, but like they can grab the money, put it in the account and it covers it. Yep. It's moving a, a, you know, one bill to another from left pocket to right pocket, essentially. Okay. So as long as you had enough um, funds in your other account that is associated or, or set up as your overdraft protection, it will automatically transfer that. Beware though, many banks charge a fee for this as well. Um, I was looking out there and significantly less. I, it looked like the average was somewhere between seven and $8. So okay. still worth setting up overdraft protection. Um, I, I'm guessing there's probably some customization on how much you can, um, what kind of limit you can bring on that. But once that again, sense. for that, that mom that was driving back after groceries, um, groceries, gas, and ice cream, she might pay $8 compared to $100 because she set up overdraft protection. So well That's worth totally it. totally worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you alluded to another, I think probably one of the great things that everybody should go through and, and set up, which is setting up low balance alerts so that you don't have to deal with any of these fees. You're just notified whenever your balance is, is running tight. I think it's a great idea to set up for probably your minimums. Like you were talking about, um, we're going to Actually, we'll, we'll discuss monthly maintenance fees here in a second, but setting up minimum balances in your account so that you're making sure you're not going under what's supposed to be your minimum balance before you start getting a maintenance fee charged to it, but also probably something very close to, to zero as well to make sure that you're not missing out on a potential overdraft as well. That totally makes sense. And that actually just made me think about my own account and like certain times out of the month where I know things are getting withdrawn automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, are really key times for me. I actually just set up an alert to make sure I have at least a minimum to cover all of those auto debits coming out of my account. So like rent, for example, so like on the 31st or something, it, you make sure you auto transfer over or you get an alert over. So exactly. That- 
that come the next day, if you're getting a thousand bucks pulled or something for rent, then, you know. Yeah. Like for me, I, I typically do it in the middle of the month. I find works the best for me. And it's like rent's already been paid. So it's car insurance, AT&T, um, gas bill, all that kind of stuff hits yeah. like within a three or four day span. So I want to make sure I have at least, what is it like maybe a thousand dollars to make sure I'm covering all of that. Plus any, any extraneous stuff. Hmm. Cool. So to recap this one, um, I think overdraft fees are totally avoidable. First, just going out and setting up overdraft protection. Um, some banks, you can do that through their mobile and or website if at, or you can give them a call and, and have somebody there help you set that up as well. Hopefully there's not a fees associated with overdraft protection, but if there are, they're usually significantly lower than what over what an overdraft fee would be. So still probably worth setting that up. I think it's really important to set up low balanced alerts um, so that you're notified in case you're, you know, you can be aware that you need to transfer some money from maybe an external bank and or another account with inside of that own bank itself. Another, <laughs> another reason that I kind of argue the having multiple accounts in different places as well. Now you sure. have a less than 24 hour turnaround for the transfer versus you might be transferring in from one account from an external account. It might take two days That's or something. True. Um, but I, we already debate, we already had that debate on a, another conversation. Um, well, I think so one I, thing too, like huh? you're thinking about our previous episode, finding a, a bank that fits your lifestyle. We're noticing some banks really start to move toward, um, focusing on the consumers when it comes to fees. So if your bank is focusing on reducing fees, eliminating fees, things like that, you could even add it into your banking checklist. Like, is yep. this something that's super important to me? If so, then I'm going to go out and find like a capital one because I know yeah. that they're they're raving these two. And, and I hope this industry just continues to proliferate itself as well. Um, and we've seen that in the investing industry where trading fees have dropped to zero because you know, so many of the big players have, have stepped up and allowed that to happen. I'm hoping that overdraft fees are, are something that is irrelevant to our guests that are listening in 2030. Yeah. That's a, that's an awesome point. Hopefully you guys aren't avoiding this. We have done the work for you to pay all those fees and figure out how to avoid them. Hey, thanks for tuning in really quick. We want to tell you about our email newsletter. Hey, Justin, are you ready to jam? I'm always ready to jam. What are we playing? Well, that depends on the month. In our monthly jam newsletter, I share with you a few of my favorite financial resources, as well as my top songs from the month. Oh, heck yeah money and music? Two of my favorite things. Where do I sign up? There's a sign up link in this podcast description. And there's also one in each episode. Wait, there is? Yeah. Head over to readytoroth.com to sign up for the newsletter so that you can jam with us each month. Now back to the episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> you All want right. to talk to the second one now? Yeah, let's dive into it. So the second one, I'd say arguably the most common one. Um, for the, the folks that we're talking to is ATM fees. So this is simply whenever you go to get cash out of an ATM, um, you're typically charged a fee for that anywhere between $2.50 to $5 on average. That fee yep. is just tacked on to whatever amount you're pulling out. So you're getting mm -hmm. 20 bucks in cash out. They're going to tack on a $5 fee. So technically you're spending $25 to just get $20 out in cash. I know we talked in a previous episode, but I'm someone that doesn't have a lot of cash handy. 
Like I don't work in an industry where, where cash is used a lot. So whenever I need cash, I have to go to an ATM pretty much to pull it out. Um, so in that case, this is actually the most common fee I find myself paying. Um, and I'd say for a lot of our listeners, they're in the same boat here, right? We're, we're constantly going to ATMs and accessing cash when we need to. So the important piece here is how to avoid them, right? Um, there are specific apps um, that you can use to find branches of your bank near you. So when you use your own bank's ATM, then you're not going to have to pay that fee. So that's your first stop. Um, and the second one, which I think is, is pretty interesting, is some banks are actually offering to pay you back for ATM fees. Have you heard mm-hmm. of that at all? Yeah, I have actually. And I think you, I mean, you have an Ally account, right? And I, I read in here that Ally does that. They reimburse up, I think, to $10 a month or something in, in ATM fees. They do. So actually, I've got it with my Schwab account, unlimited ATM reimbursements. Oh, that's nice. Which is awesome. And then Ally as well. So I have a savings account through Ally. So I'm not really ever pulling cash out from that account. But with Schwab, I use it all the time. And it takes a couple of days, I'd say on average, like five to 10 business days. But that that refund is always in my account. Is it automatic or do you have to request it? Automatic. Oh, that's super nice. Then. Yeah. Hmm. So even better, they just recognize it. They rebate it. And on that note, I'm not ever worried about the fee amount. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but some ATMs, it's like a $2 fee. Some I've even seen like 6 or $7. They're really trying to get you. I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice that you have that handy. Um, I don't run into it too often either. I feel like I always have a little bit of cash laying around on occasion when I get into a pinch, when I don't have enough cash and I'm in a cash only environment, I have to go and, and, you know, hurry over to a bank uh, or an ATM to withdraw some cash not the end of the world. It's, it's not, you know, saving five or 10 bucks a year isn't going to be life changing for me, but still would be nice if I didn't have to worry about that at all. And, and really that comes from the structure where I, I don't think a lot of people realize, but these ATMs might be owned by some kind of operation company. It might be in network or out of network, depending on wh- where you bank and um, what relationships those bank, the banks have with those operators. So that's when you can kind of see some of the differences in those fees. Um, and I, you know, if it's international too, obviously, then you open up a, a whole nother can of worms, but just being wary of that. And, and one other thing that I, I know a lot of us frugal people end up doing as well is going to grocery stores that allow you to have cash back too. go buy a pack of gum, get oh, the 40 bucks out and cash that such way. Such a good hack. I never yes. think of that, but I, I totally should. I mean, if you're going to pay like three or $4 anyway, you might as well get something out of it. So <laughs> go buy true. a pack of gum or a candy bar and, and just ask for the cash back there. I think. That's true. I know actually, I think dollar general does cash back now. Um, giant Eagle. Yeah. You're at my local grocery store. I think even Walmart, you can get cash back. You say, did you say your local grocery store, giant Eagle? Giant Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your local grocery store? Uh, H-E-B. Never heard of it. <laughs> what? Get out of here. HEB is yeah. like a staple in Texas. When you come really? down here, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll run okay. around at all the HEBs. They're my favorite. Have you heard, uh, this might be a really dumb question for a Texan. Have you heard of Buckeyes or Bucky's? Bucky's? Yeah. Buc-ee's? The giant uh, gas stations. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I <laughs> just found out about these. It's been explained as like a Walmart gas station. Is yes. that true? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm going to my first Bucky's 
actually, I'm safe to say this because this will be out after Christmas. So I'm driving up on Sunday. I'm driving um, from Austin up to St. Louis to spend a couple of weeks for Christmas with the family. And my dad did a road trip and stopped at a Bucky's. And I called him after the vacation. I was like, hey, tell me about your vacation. And all he told me about was his trip to Bucky's and how stoked he was about this. So uh, on the way back, Gabby and I are going to stop by a Bucky's, get him some Bucky's merch. I don't know if it's going to be oh a hat gosh. or a t-shirt or something. And then they have some like pretty ourselves. interesting stuff, right? Like, yeah, they have a whole I brand. On, I see it on bu- um, bumper stickers and things like that all oh the my time. Gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. I can't wait to learn about it. You have to figure out if you can do cash back at Bucky's. We'll have All to right, I'll back. ask them. <laughs> good, good uh, segue back into this conversation <laughs> yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think summarizing avoiding bank uh, ATM fees. Obviously, if this is a lifestyle that you often find yourself withdrawing from ATMs, maybe potentially prioritizing banks that uh, waive or reimburse you. Um, up you know, even it's up to a certain amount for ATM fees, Ally, Capital One, um, Schwab are all or three that I listed down here as potential options, but just put it on your checklist. If you know, that's something that you're going to run into throughout um, your banking experience. If you can't do that, um, looking for potential in-network ATMs through, you know, bank apps or your own mobile banking app as well. Um, Some of them have that feature as well to go search for a local branch or, a free ATM near you could be a potential fallback to at least um, uh, avoid a higher fee than you might entirely. And or take our favorite frugal hack, go to your local grocery store, get a pack of gum and and um, get some cash back that way. Absolutely. I might be adding that to like number one on my list. I don't even <laughs> need the ATM rebate, but I just love it. So I might be doing that anyway. <laughs> All right. So I know we dove into overdraft fees, ATM fees. The other one I already alluded to is monthly maintenance fees. Mm -hmm. So I talked about that on my PNC account. I have to have at least $500 in that account or they will charge me $5 a month really indefinitely until I hit that minimum account balance. I had no idea this was a thing. Have you ever dealt with this before, like at US Bank or? I see it go in and out of my account um, because they just like automatically reverse the transaction every single month since I hit my minimum balance. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't really know what monthly maintenance fees were until maybe two or three years ago, whenever I was just like, what is this transaction? That's always just in and out of my account. It's $6.95 and I bank at US Bank. So, uh, which is crazy to me that they charge that every single month. And, um, because what that comes out to about $82 a year. for just using them and and giving them your money so that they can go lend it out, which is just blows me away. Yeah. But I think most of them are typically tied to a minimum balance. Um, so I guess the processing piece and and you're just like account maintenance in general requires some kind of touch, regardless of what size you are. So I'm guessing if I'm trying to play devil's advocate for them, um, they have to make sure that you're essentially having enough money in your account that they can utilize so they can cover what it takes to maintain your account through their lending options. Yeah. Still don't know if I disagree or if I agree with that or not. (laughs) That's a really good point because I'm sure they have to have some way to say we're going to have at least X amount of dollars to be able to lend out, Um, which of course, everyone's got to make money. I definitely appreciate that. But 
for me, I think when you stack it on top of all of the other fees that we're already talking about, that we know they're making literally billions of dollars on for overdraft fees, for example, um, it really just doesn't seem fair to consumers. And I think that that's where we're starting to find quite a few banks that are actually not requiring minimum balances. And they're actually waiving, like you said in your case, they're waiving the fee for you because you're hitting that minimum balance. But a lot of bank accounts now just don't even have the minimum balance requirement at all. That's actually another perk of the, the Schwab checking account that I'm with. Oh, that's so nice. Um, seems like there's a few other ways that you can avoid monthly maintenance fees. Uh, if you have a student account, I often see that they waive um, monthly maintenance fees for being a student. Obviously, they're enticing you to use their service early on so that you're hopefully becoming a, a lifelong um, consumer of theirs. So take that into consideration when you're making that decision. But that's a nice perk to it. I also see if you set up direct deposits, sometimes the monthly maintenance fee is also waived. So if you can get direct that's deposits really from point. your employer, um, setting those up and making sure they go straight into your account uh, might also be a way to avoid those monthly maintenance fees. That's a really good point. Um, actually, one more I was just reminded of is like some some banks will say if you use your debit card debit card for X amount of transactions per month, then they'll waive a fee um, anywhere from like three to five. I've seen that before as well. Um, so that that's a good point. Just kind of knowing like your bank's rules around how to get the fee waived. Um, and also I'm a big proponent at the end of the day, if it's really a pet peeve of yours, like I hate this PNC $5 charge. Um, I think for every single bank account I ever have in the future, I want no minimum balance requirement. Like that's Agreed. just going to be huge for me. Agreed. Like, unless it's your working account, then it should definitely be something you consider. Um, but at minimum, going to kind of the general thesis of this entire tour for us, asking that question upfront, because banks will charge some kind of maintenance fee. So understanding what, how much they charge, if there's a monthly um, minimum balance that's tied to that, how there, if there's some other potential ways to avoid that maintenance fee um, are all good questions to ask before you get yourself enrolled. Because I think out of all of the, all the fees, this one might be the one that I feel like is most overlooked. It's usually some small nominal um, dollar sure. somewhere in like the five to seven range. So people often just looked past it, but it's hitting every single month. So you don't realize how quickly that, that adds up to you and it's forever ongoing. Um, so I think understanding that and making sure that you have a good handle on that. And I mean, as with all of these fees, doing your best to avoid those when you can yep. is a really great idea. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think too, there are one other thing I just thought of is local banks. I actually heard about this um, really with COVID happening. It, it happened to Rachel, actually. She never had banking, monthly banking fees before, but she's with like a very small local bank, Northwest Bank in Western PA. Be due to COVID, they just rolled out a monthly maintenance fee and it's like essentially non-negotiable. So that's a bummer too. When you think about it, like, yes, I get it. It's a local bank. I'm sure they're, they're struggling a little bit, but at the same time, if you don't have any way to avoid the fee, I mean, for me, that's just, that's not acceptable. So I couldn't imagine too many scenarios that I didn't walk away from that bank unless I was really getting value in some other way. But this space is so competitive that you can probably, I can guarantee you, you can find an option that won't charge you a fee 
And that option will probably come with the same amount of perks, if not more perks. So just doing a little bit of just getting on it right now. Like if you're listening to this, you go and you check your most recent monthly statement and you see that monthly um, maintenance fee charge there, figuring out, trying to understand the dynamics around it and doing what we were just talking about so that you can just get it off moving forward from your account. And, And if you do find that this is something that's ongoing, take the action right now, call another bank, drive down the street and just call any any of the banks that you see there. Tell them that, hey, I have a monthly maintenance fee that's non-negotiable on my current account. I don't really like that. What is your current setup? Um, I'm really interested in moving banks. You'll get some ears that perk up very quickly. <laughs> that's true. And it's, you can change banks. I think that's one of the biggest things uh, is people think they can't change banks. They think it's this huge drawn out process. It's really not. It's a direct transfer to your new account closing down your current account. I'm sure they're going to try to sell you on why you should stay. So be tough through that. But otherwise it's, it's really a couple steps. Yep. So, and it's worth it. I don't think we've talked about that enough and maybe we can do a roundup recap um, here and in one more closing episode as well, because there are a few other considerations. I think whenever you're, you're changing banks that we should make people aware of, but it isn't as complicated as maybe you might think it might be, or people make it out to be. Um, so yeah. I highly encourage you, if, if you're not okay with any of these fees, look to other places if your bank is not going to negotiate with you. And speaking of negotiation, totally. I know I know you and I, one of our favorites, um, personal, uh, personal finance content creators, has a really great script. So you want to expand on that a little bit? Yes, I would love to. So um, Ramit Sethi, he wrote, I will teach you to be rich if you haven't read it yet definitely grab a copy. Um, He hates fees just like we do. So this actually comes on page 90 of his book. He's got a script in here. Um, It's it's called the negotiating fee script. It's all about how to call up your bank. So this is the scenario where you've, you've already been charged the fee, right? And at this point, you're just trying to get refunded for that fee. He's got an entire script in here um, about what exactly you should say to the banking representative. He even plays devil's advocate a little bit. He gets in there, acts like a banking rep and responds to your questions. And then he gives you steps to overcome those objections that they're going to give you. Um, So definitely um, a really cool script to go ahead and check out. If you've been charged these fees, really the first step is to get them reversed. And then maybe the second step is to find a new bank kind of as soon as possible. Agreed. And if you don't have his book, um, A, I highly recommend you going to pick up his book. But if you're you're not somebody that that wants to invest the time into picking up his book and reading his book, go out there and Google negoti- negotiating fee script with Ramit Sethi. I just did it and um, I got access to his PowerPoint and he goes six powerful telephone scripts and it's all laid out right here. And negotiating out of a bank fee is on slide deck number five. So you are a few keystrokes away from Um, kind of getting the golden magic of, of getting out of of these scripts. And I did that. I picked up his book as soon as I saw I got that overdraft. Um, Oh, no way. I picked up his book, uh, used that script, negotiated out. He also told me about overdraft protection. So we set that up right on the phone as well. Um, Way from the first maintenance fee. So, or the first uh, overdraft fee. Wow. That's awesome. I didn't know that success story. Yeah. So we talked about three kind of major fees to look out for. There's so many other fees here that that we could go into and and kind of explain what they are, how to avoid them. I don't think we have enough time to cover all of that on this, but if there's any of them that interest you, feel free to 
uh, reach out to us and, and we'll do um, uh, some kind of social media post or something to explain a little bit more in depth on these. But I'll read these out here. First, foreign transaction fees, debit card replacement fees, wire transfer fees, insufficient funds, and um, return de deposited items, replaced checks. There are so many fees that are out there. I mean, that was five or six major ones that I plugged out here, but just be careful. Review your, your statements, um, your monthly statements to make sure that you're not getting charged any fees and, and be aware of some of those that you are. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, really it's important to start by knowing when and how much you're potentially being charged. So of course, with anything in personal finance, the first step is really just figuring out what your scenario actually is, right? Don't avoid it. Don't think like, oh, I might be getting charged this fee, but I'm never going to look at my account because I don't want to know. We got to just stop that right now. Look at the account, see what you're potentially being charged. Um, and then go ahead and figure out based on all the tips that we've provided here, what can you either negotiate, what can you have waived, or even what bank might better suit your needs. I think that's, that's really in a ballpark what folks need to be looking for. Mic drop, baby. <laughs> Do we miss anything? Anything else you want to add? I think you did a really great job recapping there. Um, no, I think I think we covered everything that I really want to cover with fees. I just hope that people take away um, a little bit more empowerment around their fee structure so that they can feel that they have negotiation power here. They have the ability to move if they need to move. They Understanding some of these fees too will allow you the confidence to step in and, and make some of the changes that you need to make here. So no, really, uh, really enjoyed this, this conversation. I'm here. All right, Justin, I think it's a wrap. I know we'll be talking again soon with some of those smaller takeaways, but hopefully folks feel really empowered, like you said, about banking, fees, finding a bank that, that fits your lifestyle. So good luck, guys. Good luck with your new banking endeavors. <laughs> hey, you made it. I hope you learned something new. If you want to hear more, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at ReadyToRoth. Also, head over to ReadyToRoth.com to find show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and more. Until next time.